I shared a long plane ride with Nipsey Hussle right as his major label debut album Victory Lap dropped in 2018. We journeyed from Los Angeles to New York on an epic trip discussing weighty intellectual matters and soul-charging moral and racial concerns. He was one of the most intelligent and thoughtful artists I'd ever met, full of intense curiosity about the world, a man determined to use his platform to bring visibility and justice to those hood streets he knew all too well and whose citizens he embraced with a resilient empathy and warmth. This is from an interview I did with him on my show. He, I, and Claudia Jordan talked about a great deal of things in a few minutes because he was an intelligent, wonderful, powerful young man. Take a listen. I had my music playing, had Nipsey blasting. Boys been having me on lately. Boy, you motivate me in the gym, homie. Congratulations, victory lap. Yo, that was hot, right? That was one of the hottest stars of Black Panther, Michael B. Jordan, working out to Nipsey Hussle. His first studio album debuted at number four on the Billboard Top 10, and now he's doing his own victory lap. With us here, here's Nipsey Hussle. What's so, uh, you know, it's, this is this is different than the plane we were on. Yeah, when we were yeah. kicking it for like four hours, chopping yeah. it up, and I said, "Man, this is one of the smartest cats I've ever met. I've been digging your music for a while. That must have been cold to have Michael B. Jordan yeah. shouting you out. What would you say to him? Look at the camera. What would you Which say? Which camera? I'm looking at right here. Yeah. Shout out my boy, man. You killed Black Panther. One of my favorite movies was um, Fruitville Station. That's when I got turned on. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 And um, you know, keep keep doing your thing. Respect and love. All yeah. right, now, congratulations on all your success. I remember we had you on the Foxhole a long time ago. Right? Long time ago. Like I was wondering if you remember that. Yeah. Of course, yeah. because you left such an impression. That's right. I could tell back then how deep you were and how different you were. That's right. And now to see your star just continue to rise. Thank you. You've worked with, you know, huge names, Kendrick Lamar, Puff, CeeLo, DJ Khaled. How yeah. was all that? Um, I mean, I'm a fan of hip hop, so just um, being able to collaborate with the icons and, mm -hmm. and also just, you know, people that came in with me and became, you know, legends of our generation. It's dope and it's inspiring. And you managed to stay independent for so long until yeah. you finally cut a deal with Atlantic Records. Can you tell us about that experience? That You said they came to you on your terms. Yeah. Um, so yeah, majority of my career was indie. I was in the mixtape circuit. Um, you know, I built a brand off mixtapes and touring. And um, I always had the, the goal and the intention to do a partnership in the vein of what you know, Murder Inc. and Irv Gotti did joint venture, what Rough Riders did, what Rockefeller did, you know. And so um, it took a while, but after my last release, we was pretty successful in the indie space, mm -hmm. and we ended up um, securing a partnership with Atlantic. You know what yeah. a lot of people might not realize? Clap for that. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. You know, I've had the chance, I was a fan of yours before I met you, but a lot of people don't understand, given where you've come from, which mm -hmm. is from the hardest of the hard, hard scrabble existence, tough childhood, out here with these gangbangers and so on, yeah. but you've recreated yourself lyrically. Yes, you've sir. allowed the integrity of your art to stand for you. Tell us about how you took literacy so seriously that it could literally save your life. Um, words is powerful, you know? And I think that um, the ability to articulate, you know, you can, you can, you can really impact people. Mm -hmm. You know, with words, obviously you you you're a clear case of that. Both of y'all, you know, being in, in 
as an author, as a, as a TV host, and just somebody that communicates for a living. So I just think that having an experience, a human experience in LA and just in the streets and a real culture coming from gang culture mm. and articulating that through music became inspiring to people that's in that life Right, right. And well, even people outside of it, not to cut you off. No, 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 I don't want to cut you off. Yeah, no, that's, that's an important point. But not only that, you're not only speaking through the words, but one of the things I noticed when I met you is the beauty of the ink on your body, right? That's right. And, and it tells a story. I remember, yeah. you know, Tupac told a story. Yeah. LeBron has a story. Kobe has a story. Yeah. What, what, what's, of all the tattoos that you have that you're tatted up, which one is the most significant, the most important, or the most meaningful to you? Um... I think it's two of them. One of them is on my face. It said, I don't know what side. I think, yeah, it's this side. It said, it said, God will rise. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I was like 27, I was just riding around with one of my homegirls, and she asked me what my, what my name meant. My first name is Ermius, mm -hmm. and it's an East African name. And so I was just like, you know, it's a, it's a common name back home, I guess. Mm -hmm. And she Googled it, and she like, nah, your name means God will rise. Mm -hmm. And that's a powerful name, you know, when I, when I realized what that meant. And so, um, thank y'all. So, you know, that, that, that's one that's really important to me. And then um, just being young, growing up in L.A., you know, I got into some legal trouble early, and I was on probation since I was, like, 18. Mm -hmm. And I ended up having a record deal originally, being in the music industry, and I was on probation the whole time. I had to come home every month, check in. And so, finally, when I got off probation, I got this one that say, free at last on my thumb. Mm, you know, right. so those are the ones that's kind of linked right. to stories, you know? Yeah. I have a right. question. You really are, were about that life. A lot of people pretend to be, and you got out of that, and you are a huge success. What would you say to people that are out there with similar backgrounds that want to make their dreams come true and stay in the course? Um, I think as human beings, everybody has a natural gift and a natural passion but then you go outside and you get influenced and you, and you feel pressure from, from what's going on outside. And so, you know, I read one time, like, would you rather be at war with yourself and at peace with the world or at peace with yourself and at war with the world? Mm -hmm. And that was powerful for me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Now, speak, speaking of which, Claude and I were talking uh, backstage. One of the things I love about you is that you bring a sense of authenticity. It's portable. It doesn't get stuck in one place. I remember a line from Jay says, I don't want to be in the project hallway talking about I'm in the projects all, all day, day. Yeah. right? That don't make sense to me. Because yeah. when I was in the hood, now I don't happen to be a rapper right. of your magnitude and skill. I got amateur raps. I do some skills. You got bars. I got, you got I, bars. Don't downplay yourself, uh, you know? I got a couple bars when they open and got yeah. some drinks. Yeah. But, but, the th <laughs> but the thing is, is that you represent such authenticity and power of that. What do you say to young people who get fixed on that as the ultimate be-all and end-all as opposed to doing what you did, which is use it as a transformation into something different? I think you said it. It's about just the, the authenticity and the honesty. I'm not in, you know, a culture of going outside hustling every day no more. I'm not in a culture of, you know, being involved with gang activity anymore. At that moment, for me to make art, I had to reflect on reality, mm -hmm. you know? And so that was, I would be, it would be untrue. Mm -hmm. I was talking about balling or talking about owning businesses, I didn't. Mm -hmm. But as my life changed and as the reality, what I was actually living changed, mm -hmm. I had to change what fueled the art, you know what I mean? Right, and I think right. that's what keep it accessible to people. You got that's, people that, not to cut you off again, no, no, no. you got people that been removed from, from the streets for years and, and it's still what's the dominant narrative in their music and we lose touch with it because it don't, it don't have the same 
texture as when, when, when it was actually what they was doing, you know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. Now you see why we had this man on this show, how that is, high intelligence. Thank you. Uh, I mean, really, man, you're, you're one of the, not only one of the greatest rappers, but one of the greatest, most thoughtful intellectuals in that art form, and I celebrate you and embrace you for that. As Even artwork. as he yeah. rapped about hardcore urban culture, Nipsey Hussle yearned for spiritual and ethical release from the carnage and terror he witnessed, a fate he had thankfully escaped. And yet, he was subjected to the same brutal terror about which he brilliantly rapped. He's no longer with us. The violence must end. The carnage must cease. The love and vitality he embodied must now reign again. Rest in peace to the great Nipsey Hussle.